had a bit of a knee problem and I offered to volunteer. I opted to go to what Park Runner said was Siberia, the furthest point I think it is. So I went to this particular corner one week and the following week I volunteered again. I said, I don't mind going to this particular point. I think it's fantastic. I think the people who finish in the top 10 are fantastic. But I equally think the people who finish in uh, the bottom uh, 500 are fantastic. Everybody is trying, everybody is giving of their best. I know it's not a race. You tell the people who run by me looking at their watch whether it's a race or not. Um, I think people uh, benefit immensely from it and it's not just physical benefits. Um, I've spoke to people who say how mentally good it is to do part run. You go to the corner, back to You can't believe it, Michelle. We'll have to start that again. Hi, my name is Michelle Lewis. Ten years ago, you'd have been lucky to see me run to the end of the road. These days, running is second nature to me. From marathons to park runs to putting my own running group through their paces, you'll often see me in suitably loud attire, getting ready to pound the pavements. And here's a secret. If I can do it, you can too. There's so many wonderful and inspiring stories in the world of running. And not just running, some of my favourite tales involve those who take to their wheelchairs, bikes or simply their own trusty feet in an attempt to get fitter, faster or just have some fun. In this podcast I'm going to be in conversation with some of the most inspiring and fascinating of these people. Remember, it's your time, your speed, your way. The only person you need to keep up with is yourself. Welcome back to the Running Tales podcast. This week, I've been talking to one of my favourite runners, Brian Lewin. Park runs up and down the country have a Brian, that extra special volunteer who turns up in wind, rain and shine. In Northampton, one of ours, we have a few, is Brian. Every week, he turns up on the corner of the course to cheer every runner, walker and wheelchair user on. I spoke to Brian about how he came to find his corner and the running journey which preceded Park Run. I was late into running. Uh, In fact, the first real run I did was uh, when I was 41. Uh, I was a mediocre sports person. As anybody who played with me or against me knows, I played cricket and football um, locally. Um, but in around 1990, my brother and I both applied in the ballot to enter the London Marathon. And the week before Christmas, uh, we both found out that we were in, and that's where it started. So you was a late runner? I was a late runner, as I say. Um, I'd never had any experience or done any running when I was younger just the usual sort of stuff to keep fit but didn't compete in any races or anything silly like that 
obviously if you don't mind sharing we know you're in your early 70s so you was um, in your 40s when you I was started. 72 yeah I'm 72 now uh, so uh, I was 41 uh, when I started uh, 41 when I ran the London Marathon and I ran that year uh, because I got the bug uh, as some people uh, obviously do uh, and I ran the Luton Marathon that year on my 42nd birthday and I remember that well because I injured myself literally before the start. <laughs> oh wow, so what was your training? You got into London and then what was your first thought? Oh my god, join a club or come on bruv, we'll run round the block and see if we can survive. Very naive and compared to what uh, I see people do nowadays. Yeah, it was literally a bit of running i live in kingsthorpe in northampton so a little bit of running around the block we can soon get out into the country where i live i listened to lots of people who run marathons i listened to everyone but sifted the information i was given uh, and followed their advice and you got round London? Yeah, got round London, official time, four hours, five minutes. Very, wow. very frustrated uh, because in those days, no chip timing. Uh, 15 minutes to cross the, the start line. So missed out on the four hour, which was disappointing. And although it was never again immediately afterwards, I think the next day or so, uh, it was, oh, I've got to get below four hours, you know, um, as I say, and that's where it started. You you say that, but my dad did the London marathons as well around that time, and the goodie bags were amazing. I used to go down and, you know, yeah. wait for him at the finish, and he'd give me his goodie bag. Yeah, uh, 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 of course, the finish was different then, and uh, you went around the back of County Hall, uh, to collect your goodie bag and I remember cross, uh, crossing the footbridge over the Thames and having to climb the stairs backwards because of my legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what happened after? You said you did Luton Marathon. Yeah, I did Luton and, and Nottingham that same year and I know it sounds odd but I actually enjoyed going out running. It was... Uh, um, something I enjoyed uh, mindlessly going out. We've got my wife and I got relatives in the northeast, and at that time to enter the Great North Run, uh, you needed to um, fill an application form in and collect some vouchers from the local paper, newspapers in the northeast. Um, and providing you got an address you could use in the northeast, really, which we had. Uh, uh, you could enter the Great North Run. So we entered the uh, that time, I think it was the following year, we entered the Great North Run, and that became a favourite. I've now run the Great North Run 18 times. And in latter years, uh, I ran it in fancy dress. Yes, I've seen some pictures. Do you want to explain some of your fancy dress outfits? Well, or is it, that for another time? It was for a reason. My niece, Stacey, died in... Oh, sorry. Sorry. We can hold if you don't want to talk about it. Yeah. My niece died in 1997. 
through uh, from meningitis and uh, my brother and his wife um, were very keen to fundraise uh, and um, we wanted to give publicity to the charity and uh, as Michelle knows I'm never short of a word or two <laughs> uh, so I became a bit of a spokesperson for what we were doing and we obviously wanted to get publicity so wearing fancy dress uh, getting Jonathan Edwards for example uh, to interview us during the course of the run was an objective uh, and fancy dress was the the key to doing that um, and we just had various fancy dress I wore <coughs> various odds and ends over the years and it didn't seem that <laughs> strange at the time but looking back at some of the photographs I'm, I'm not sure how I did it. Would you say it's fair um, that fancy dress has got more popular in races and running generally now than it was when you first started? Yes I mean I've, I've been in runs years ago where uh, people dressing up or carrying a ladder or uh, fridge carrying, freezer. Yeah, fridge freezer <laughs> or uh, 800 balloons were, were the odd ones out. Um, but yeah, 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 definitely. And of course, uh, in parallel with that, people uh, running for charitable purposes uh, has grown enormously. Um, You've done your marathons. How many have you done in total if you did well, three I, in the I, first year? Well, I knew year. you were going to ask me that, and I think it's 17 or 18. I ran. London, Luton, Nottingham. I've run uh, a few more than once. I've run Snowdonia a couple of times. I've run the Potteries Marathon a couple of times. Oh, Hilly. Uh, Hilly. Uh, Snowdonia was interesting. Uh, Dublin, uh, New York, Cleveland, White Rose. So a few different ones, but... Plenty of half marathons and and above twenty milers. Uh, I used to run the Bury St Edmunds twenty in preparation for marathons, um, and there used to be runs years ago like round Rutland Water seventeen miler. Um, folks with fifteen. So, you obviously over time the mileage has got lower, but. With respect, you you have done a half marathon in recent years with your daughter, and can we discuss like how <laughs> it's not just you that's a runner now, or your brother? You it's passed down the generations, and you're actually running with them. Yes, because we start with the uh, the last year I ran the Great North Run with my eldest daughter Kirsty. Uh, it didn't end as well <laughs> as I'd have wanted it to. All was going well for 10 miles. We were about 150 odd over 10 miles. So I was looking to break 2.30. That looked good. And then I had cramp. Um, and I've got a very low threshold of pain. Uh, and basically walk the last two or three miles. Finished, got the t-shirt and the medal, great. But then I wasn't very well, and I won't go into details, uh, after the run, went into the medical tent and various tests, um, 
that it was all a bit embarrassing actually but so uh, can you can we just stop there so it wasn't marlon levin that you stopped for a beer it no. was a case of before then no no <laughs> i have stopped and had a, a beer during a run it has to be done <laughs> and there used to be a run in uh leicestershire where you got a free pint in the local pub after doing a 10k right we'll um, talk more about that after the podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and you're right uh I'm not sure necessarily influenced by me, but um, virtually everyone in my family um, has turned out to be runners. Margaret, my wife, has run the London Marathon a couple of times. Uh, uh, son-in-law, Kevin, he's a 310 marathoner. Um, Kirsty's run, Nikki's run, uh, Kirsty's run, three marathons um nikki's run the great north run with me and embarrassingly for her i had to answer sort of questions about why is your dad running in fancy dress (laughs) um and the children uh grandchildren uh all at some point or other um been Running, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one in particular, your grandson, yeah, Finbar. Finbar's um, kept up his running. He's a very dedicated runner. I can't believe someone the age of 16 does the amount of runner running that he does. I certainly wasn't doing that at his age. Uh, and I admire him and respect him for what he does, yes. Let's lead on to my favourite subject, park run. You came a few years ago. Yeah, I embarrassingly, when I think back, I ran the park run without ever um, registering. So um, I did run it and barcode, I don't want a barcode. And ran with the grandchildren a few times. And then I had a bit of a knee problem and uh, thought, well... This event is pretty good. Uh, I, I, I like the idea of Park Run. I think the concept is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I offered to volunteer. And I'm not quite sure in the midst of time. And it's only four years ago but uh, how it was. But I opted to go to what uh, 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 Park Runner said was Siberia. The furthest point I think it is. Um, so I went to this particular corner one week and the following week I volunteered again I said I don't mind going to this particular point. It was actually very therapeutic because the round trip from parking the car, picking up a bib, going to the corner, dropping off my bib and going back to the car was about two miles which which was okay um, for my knee and after I had the operation it was uh, you know good from a recuperation point of view and I just got into the habit of it and successive uh, uh, run directors have sort of said yeah all right you go down to that corner then Uh, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Well through um, social media as you know I'm at the time, I was the main communicator on the Facebook page of Northampton Park Run. The comments coming through, especially with the photos, you know, 
whoever was the photographer that day, the comments on the photo of you on that corner was always so positive that I sort of like made the Brian's corner <laughs> what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can beat me up if you want. No, I'm joking. But, you know, it's it's lovely that it you have got that corner and we've got joe's corner we've got alfie and elaine on the bollards we have viv yeah. that does have corner and ian it's nice that people have yeah it's a, roles a very the... friendly atmosphere considering there's you know over 600 people i won't pretend that i know um uh, you know every many. name you <laughs> know don't. everyone I, I don't apart from the tourists but, um I, I can't just stand there and, and just you know, just direct people as if they need any directing. I just have to say something. I've got to know people uh, through part run. Uh, equally, it, it surprised me how many people I've seen part running at Northampton Racecourse who I knew in any case from sport, uh, from working with them, from family and friends connections. How's it feel to know that park runners um, come like Carol all the way from Corby in a wheelchair because of people like you that give them motivation and support? Carol comes all the way from Corby in her wheelchair just to be verbally abused by me <laughs> and that's her version of events, not mine. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think the people who finish in the top ten are fantastic. But I equally think the people who finish in uh, the bottom uh, 500 are fantastic. Everybody is trying, everybody is giving of their best. I know it's not a race. You tell the people who run by me looking at their watch whether it's a race or not. Um, I think people uh, benefit immensely from it and it's not just physical benefits. Um, I've spoke to people who say how mentally good it is to do part run and you uh, have probably got more examples than I have. Do you feel a bit of a celebrity? Have you been like in a supermarket Absolutely and someone goes, Brian from part run? <laughs> Absolutely not. But I've been in various places where people have said, hello, Brian. And I genuinely haven't got the faintest clue and my facial expression obviously uh, reveals that and they say see you on Saturday morning and I know immediately who they are. How are you coping with no park run at the moment? Yeah, it, it is strange because on a Saturday morning I'd really got into the the habit. It was, it was just part of my life on a Saturday morning to, to Marshall Park Run. Uh, I, I do uh, an outdoor fitness uh, regime with a group called Be Military Fit uh, on Abington Park. And I still wear a bib on a Saturday morning uh, because on a Saturday morning before I do Be Military Fit, I now do litter picking uh, on Abington Park. Um, wow, you're always giving. Brilliant. <laughs> no, it's just doing something. For the community. Well, yeah. That's good. What advice would you give to anyone who's, you know, f thinking, oh, I'm going to give this park run a go when it's active again? The hardest step is the one when you go out the door. Once you've gone out the door, it's easy. You're going to meet people who will encourage you, support you, 
um, you're going to feel great afterwards. Uh, it is not genuinely, it's not for people who are runners who want to uh, achieve massive uh, times. It's for people who want to get out and enjoy themselves whilst running mm. or walking or wheeling. So there you have it. Who'd have thought that parkrun legend Brian Lewin was once a barcode avoider? The shame. What I love about Brian is how modest he is about the fantastic work he does every week. It just brings home how and why we love parkrun and how much we're all missing it in these strange times. I hope you enjoyed this week's Running Tales podcast. Please leave us a review or rating wherever you listen. It helps more people to find the podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.